Hello there, meow mentors, it's Cat Lady Justin, and this is the Kitty Boss, where we pick, pamper, and protect your practically perfect pussycat for a lifetime of unconditional love. I'm here live from the studio, my, my house, my office, <laughs> and it is, as we record this, uh, November 2022, but of course we'll talk about evergreen issues that are useful anytime, anywhere, but specifically we'll talk about a few things relevant to this season. So, um... Without further ado, as uh, every first or second Friday of the month, I have Dr. Rachel Geller, the world's foremost cat behaviorist and cat chaplain here, a luminary who donates her time to cats because she's on a mission to help a thousand cats a year to stay in their homes, just like I'm on a mission to help a million more cats find a home. And that's over the very long, long term. And of course, a lot of you know, lonely people to actually have a companion animal, a cat. So without further ado, here's Dr. Rachel Geller. Dr. Rachel, it's great to see you. It's great to hear your happy voice. And uh, it's great to be here with you this November. Lovely to be here on the Kitty Boss. I look forward to it every month. Yes, so do I, actually. It's like it's like the highlight. My favorite episode is the one with you, not the one with me. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, it's it's uh, I, I mentioned at the beginning that it's November, it's 2022. But we'll talk about things that are useful no matter when someone's listening or watching, because obviously uh, we're here together on video and it's being live streamed to YouTube and everybody watching there. But I will also be uploading it to the podcast so that people can listen to it at their leisure on any platform they want to, whether that's Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or a number of others. And anyone who's watching in the live stream, whether in the Kitty Boss private Facebook group or watching via the Kitty Boss page, the Cat Lady Justin page, we welcome your comments. So if you're here live, make sure that you uh, ask a question, make a comment, whatever. Oh, if you have any feedback for us, we'd be happy to hear it. Please be nice. And uh, so it's just going to be a lot of fun because uh, what we'll talk about is, uh, of course, it's the autumn, well into the autumn now or the fall, depending on how you like to say it. And so there's going to be sort of the issues that we're going to address around that. But then also we are in uh, in America and many other countries celebrate a Thanksgiving holiday coming up. So we'll talk about holiday meals and what to watch out for in the mealtime and, and all that kind of stuff and the gatherings. And I think what would be really nice because ostensibly Thanksgiving is to celebrate a particular nation and all that. But I know that a lot of uh, areas, a lot of uh, professions, industries, sectors, have kind of appropriated the holiday as a sort of a gratitude time. So if you're not American or if you are American and you just aren't into celebrating uh, and being thankful for your country and its founding, that's fine. We celebrate just this attitude of gratitude. And I think we have a lot to be grateful for with our cats specifically, because of course we can be grateful for lots of other things, but this is a Kitty Boss podcast, not the happy relationships podcast or, or marriages podcast. So so we'll talk about that as well, because I think it'll be a nice, happy way to end the podcast on a uplifting, positive notes. Because, you know, when, when you go on a rampage of gratitude, you always feel better, no matter how you felt at the beginning. So I think that'll be a great way for us to end off. So that sounds all right with you. We'll, we'll start our discussions on that kind of stuff today. If the that sounds lovely. Ready to go. Awesome. So uh, I guess the first thing 
is, like I said, it's the autumn, it's the fall. We've already done our back to school episode, so let's not talk about that. Uh, last month, of course, we did sort of our Halloween episode, but now we're really solidly into the fall, into the autumn. And in fact, you know, winter's around the corner, so we'll talk about that next month. But there are issues that I can think of, for example, leaves everywhere have fallen from trees. You know, most of them are fine, but some of them could be a problem or toxic. Uh, then there's, you know, the plants withering away, the flowers going. There's all these issues that come around the fall. The temperature dropping depends where you are in the world, of course. Uh, and of course, it's inverted if you're in the other hemisphere. So you'd be listening to this at a different month, but it's still relevant to you during the season that it's relevant to you. So, so we have all these things that happen during the fall and the autumn. So let's talk about some of the things that you might suggest for us as uh, meow mentors or cat owners, lovers to watch out for, to look out for so that we really protect our pets properly. So I'm going to start off with um, something that happened to me personally that I never thought of because my cats are strictly indoor cats and it didn't dawn on me that this could happen. So I want to make every make sure everybody realizes that, you know, as the leaves fall down from the trees, here we are in autumn, that that cats may want to play with the leaves. They may want to um, investigate the leaves and be very careful. So if you take your cat outside, make sure you're watching what she's sniffing, what she's eating, what she's playing with, because leaves are something that once they're ingested can really cause a lot of problem in a cat's um, intestinal tract. And this applies even if your cats are strictly indoor cats. I once um, inadvertently tracked a leaf into my house, maybe a couple, and one of my cats went and played with it and ate a little bit of it. And I ended up in the uh, emergency room with my cat because she got very sick from um, swallowing that leaf. So think about, you know, the season, it's fall, there's leaves on the ground, there's probably other debris on the ground, sometimes leaves are covering things that are on the ground. So if, you're, if you are someone who takes your cat out, be very careful, make sure what they're sniffing and what they're eating. But even if you're somebody who has a strictly indoor cat or cats, make sure you know you really wipe your feet before you get into the house. Check to be sure you're not tracking something in, whether it's um, leaves, twigs, or something sticky that you've stepped in. So do a really good job of being a little, um, doing a little detective work of what you are stepping in, walking through, whether your cats are outdoor cats or indoor cats. And that's really good for me, especially because, of course, my Emily and Charlotte are uh, indoor cats, right? So I don't necessarily think uh, I need to be super careful about that because they don't go out. But I actually do because if, you know, that happened to, to you of all people, <laughs> who's a real, you know, a much bigger cat expert than I am. But uh, uh, then, of course, it could happen to me. Luckily, you know, touch wood, it hasn't happened to date. But I'll be extra careful about that for sure, about tracking stuff in that the, the naughty little ladies might, you know, decide it's uh, it's a snack or something like that. Because I know they do like plants. You know, I have some house plants sometimes that I get at a dinner or something as a reward. And, and I bring them home and I try to put them on the, you know, somewhere where they can't reach. But Charlotte... She has this thing that she does. So she's not really into plants, right? Mind you, Charlotte doesn't care. But when she gets hungry and I'm dawdling too much, she goes and starts threatening to nibble the plants that I, that I know, and she probably knows too, are not necessarily good for cats. 
So she goes and she's like threatening. It's almost like she's saying, I I'm gonna kill myself if you don't feed me now. She's like threatening self-harm if I don't feed her right there. And it's really kind of funny, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of worrying sometimes. Uh, Emily also is not really that into plants. She's not too uh, bothered by them, but she loves roses. So roses is like something she really adores. She likes to nibble on the leaves of the roses and eat them. So I know it's not toxic, toxic to cats. It's also not probably the best thing for her to be eating as a snack. Uh, but uh, so I do have to be careful even with roses because because uh, um, one of the things that I think you mentioned in a previous episode is that the leaf, it's not necessarily that the leaf is always toxic and it's going to poison the cat, but that sometimes it's a, a type of fiber that's going to cause an obstruction in their digestive system. That's yeah. a whole other issue. Yeah. So we need to be careful yeah. of that. For, for those reasons as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. That I did mention that because people will think, oh, well, this plant is safe. Um, it's not on the toxic list, but you will be surprised how many cats can get irritated by swallowing a leaf that might be um, maybe a little sticky. Um, maybe it just lands the wrong way in their intestines. Also, um, some of them are kind of have like some sharp edges to them and you think, you know, how sharp can it really be? But you know, if it dislodges, if it lodges into the cat's intestinal tract in the right way, um, it can cause an obstruction. It can cause a perforation. It can cause the cat to be sick. So, I mean, sometimes it's a matter of the cat passing it out the other end. But in the meantime, you maybe you may not be able to wait because it might hurt so much that the cat will stop eating. So, so what you said is correct. It's not just that the plant is toxic. It's the other things that come come with eating something that a cat shouldn't be eating the texture of it the size of it um the sharpness of it and so forth so even though you know technically certain plants might be okay they may not always be okay people will say to me what's the t what's the type best type of plant that i can have with a cat and i'll say a fake one because <laughs> that way you can be sure or cat grass Yes, cat grass, catnip, all of that stuff that's, you know, made for cats. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, because I know one of our uh, meow mentor friends who uh, we talk on Instagram sometimes. And by the way, if you're listening to this, you should be following the cat lady, Justin, on Instagram. So you get all the kitty boss updates and all the little nitty gritty details, all the fine tune uh, granular advice regarding cats and rearing of cats so but anyway so we were talking and she was telling me how she manages the cat grass because i have so i don't have a green thumb i have a cat thumb whatever you want to call it you know whatever color you want to associate with that i don't have a green thumb so my luck with plants is very thin so i have a few plants and they're okay but none of them are really thriving super well and so um growing cat grass has been one of the things that I haven't done very well. I've generally grown it and then it's gotten really moldy really quickly and then I got to throw it away. So she was telling me all she does with the cat grass. She has a constant uh, rotation of, you know, seeds ready. And so, so she basically always has some for her cats in the house. I was like, how do you manage that? Because I can't keep the damn thing alive. And she says, well, you know, you're just constantly rotating it. So I'm not sure if I'm going to try that because, again, I don't have a lot of luck with it. But it's, it is something that um, she shared 
that might actually be useful for someone else who isn't as, you know, uh, clumsy with plants as I am. And so it might work for them to just constantly always keep some seeds and some growth going so that there's a rotation. And so you always have cat grass. It's not an ugly plant. It's, a, it's like a grassy plant. But once it grows out nicely, it's a nice little green plant, which is a, a decorative as well. But then the cats can and, you know, they probably should go eat it because it gives them a little stimulus to, to cleanse their digestive system. So cat grass is one one good one. Yeah, cat grass is terrific. Um like you i also don't have a green thumb i just go to the pet store you know and buy a little thing of the cat grass already grown and when they're done playing with it i'll go get another one um they're not that expensive so that's another way you know somebody who suffers from our affliction of not being good with plants can can go ahead and do um but you know fresh catnip is a great thing for um cats to play with as well so there's plenty of safe um safe and easy ways that we can kind of provide some other stuff for our cats to play with and just be careful of those things that we know toxic or not are not going to make a cat happy um you know cats are so sensitive you know they feel the slightest thing in their in their bellies they can tell they don't Mm -hmm. feel right you know cats cats are unique because they're they're prey and predators at the same time so you know they they're predators who like to hunt but they're also prey who will get eaten by other animals. So because right. of that, they have a very, very, very strong instinct of how they react when they don't feel 100%. So in general, just kind of think about that your cat will, um, your cat feels vulnerable when she's ill, she can tell she's not right. And she might shut down a little bit, you know, and that's the thing that you worry about. They'll they'll stop eating, they may stop using the oh, litter yeah. box because they don't want to leave any tracks. So, you know, as you know, Justin, they're very, complex animals with many you know quirks and um, mannerisms and they they have very very strong instincts even you know domesticated indoor cats who don't have to necessarily worry about any opponents or invaders feel this way yeah and that's and that's a good point and i wanted to um just remind people that uh about the leaves thing because we mentioned leaves earlier right and i don't want to forget to say that there's also things or perhaps critters or creatures hiding under the leaves. Mm-hmm. So we want to be careful of that as well. Yeah. So so even if you think, okay, I'm going to watch the cat. Oh, okay, it's just a pile of, you know, maple leaves, whatever. It's okay. There might be something hiding under the leaves yeah. that you're not aware of or the cat's not aware of that may surprise them and injure them. So we need to be careful of, of these things. Um, and it's a fine line between being like an overbearing, overprotective, you know, uh, nanny state type of cat parent, you know, where, where it's like this this thing is like so manicured and, and overprotected that it's like not a cat anymore versus, you know, letting it go completely wild and endanger and endanger its well-being and longevity. So we need to be a little bit careful of that. And we also need to not err on the side of saying, oh, it's an animal. It knows everything that's good for it and everything that's bad for it. Because cats are, you know, the truth is they're no longer wild animals. They're, they haven't been living in the wild, in nature, in thousands of years. So uh, I think it's close to 10,000 years, something like that. So they do not have those instincts that the wild, you know, ocelot or the wild uh, you know, other other type yeah. of actual felines that are wild cats will have. They they definitely that's been bred out of them over centuries and eons now. 
So it's it's true that they still have some instincts that go with the cats, but they're they're probably a lot more like humans at this point in time than they are like a lion. They're probably, you know, so as much as a human doesn't have the same instincts as a gorilla, you know, a cat is not going to have the same instincts, you know, as a tiger. It's it's been bred out of them, evolved out of them, maybe you want to say that. Just like we've evolved past our brutal, you know, instincts. You know, I don't, I don't feel hunger and then go, you know, slaughter, uh, you know, uh, slaughter something outside and eat it raw. I don't, I just don't do that anymore. I also don't run outside and just start start foraging a bunch of berries as I'm as walking around when I'm hungry either. Uh, some people do for fun, obviously, but you know, I don't do that. I just go prepare a meal. And cats are actually kind of similar to that. They get hungry. You know, the, the first instinct for Emily and Charlotte is not to run outside and go kill something and eat it. It's to come and ask daddy uh, for food and say it's time to eat. You know, Emily's instinct in the morning is to come, you know, uh, if I'm sleeping too late to wake me up. Charlotte's polite. She doesn't do that. She just waits for me. But Emily, you know, is polite to an extent. And then once it gets past like 10 o'clock, she's like, OK, buddy, you've slept in like three hours now. It's time to, to feed me. Uh, but her instinct is never really to, to demand going outside so she can kill anything. So I think it's a it's, there's a fine line there, and we need to understand that, um, and not just say, "Oh, it's a wild, it's an animal, it'll be fine," because that's just not true anymore. Yeah, it's definitely not true anymore. And you know, I tell people think of it more in terms of a toddler than you would, you know, mm-hmm. what the stereotype is of cat's instinct. So most people would never let a three year old just like go crawling about in the leaves and putting them in his mouth, you know, all the thing that a three-year-old might do. So, you know, think of it in that way, that this is a a being that needs us, you know, to watch over her. And like you said, you know, don't, I think sometimes people feel like, oh, I'm just taking the fun all out of it. Because all I do is say, you know, don't do this, don't do that. It's really not that complex. It's more like, just keep it in mind. You know, um, we all would notice if our cat's chewing on a leaf. It's not like it would be a big deal that we might observe this. So direct your cat away from that. You know, and that's it. Yeah. And that yeah. makes that makes sense. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. probably a really good balance there. And of course, we know that, like you said earlier, cats are uh, the way I like to put it. They're VIPs. They're very individual pets. Yes. And so they're they're very different. They have a lot of personality. And of course, there are some common traits to certain cats, just like there's common traits to certain people. There's, you know, there's introverts, extroverts, you know. So, I mean, there are commonalities that we have that we share, whether that's culturally or socially or whatever. And cats are the same. Yes. But you can't just say have a blanket thing and say all cats are like, because that's just not true. All cats are not. They're very individual pets. So uh, no two cats are alike. They can be very similar, just like you can be very similar to another person, or you can have a doppelganger somewhere, (laughs) and you guys are so similar, or you can have a twin. Uh, Cats are the like they're a lot more like people than they are like an animal, and it's it sounds funny to say that, but I really feel um, that that is very true. They're more like people than they are like an animal. It's they're they're closer to us than they are to like a squirrel or or you know or or a jackal or you know, an owl. I mean, they're much more like we are. Yeah, they really do share many of our emotions. Yes. I think so. And, yeah. and and I think it's also very interesting when certain people, even scientists actually, some will, will go to great lengths to say that 
we are anthropomorphizing the cat. Well, you know, a cat's not a stone or a log. I'm not saying, hey, log or, you know, hey, lampshade, you know, I'm not, they're not an object, you know, and to say that we're, we're reading into some of their things, I think is baloney. I mean, I'm sorry, but when Emily comes upstairs after dinner, satisfied, just to come and give me a bunch of cuddles and purrs and spoon with me and do all these things that just melt my heart. She's not doing that purely to get food. She just had food. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's 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 probably to say thank you. I love you. I want to spend some time cuddling with you. To say that, oh, it's because maybe they need a stimulus or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't believe in that. And I really, I really think that that is really in error of any scientist who, who tries to, to, to objectify the cat and say that they're doing these behaviors as a chemical or a thing or a, or a way to solicit, you know, some kind of stimulus or whatever. I don't think so. I don't think they're, they're that they're like that. And Hey, maybe that's just me not wanting to believe it and wanting to believe that my cat loves me. But there, again, there are people who question, they don't really love you. They just, you know, but then how exactly are these people defining love when all the philosophers of history of the last you know 10,000 years struggle to define them all of a sudden they know they have an assumption that their definition of love is is now uh narrowed down so that you know cats don't do that and i'm like that's weird because I, uh, last i checked um it hasn't been finalized the actual definition of that it still remains a very poetic and open-ended uh discussion philosophically so anyway that's my whole uh, tirade about cats love their emotions and how individual you know they are no they really are and i think you know honestly as a cat behaviors i would way rather have a client who anthropomorphizes a little bit than the other the other side where you know they just they 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 just attribute it to the cat being like really bad or not a good cat so you know if i was going to pick the type of of cat owner that I would want to work with, it would be somebody like you who feels like you you, know, you absolutely have a connection with your cat, you have a bond with your cat, you understand your cat. I mean, that's the way to go, right? So, you know. I think so. Yeah. And on and on that note, now that we've mentioned it, if, if anybody needs help from Dr. Rachel Geller, and I'm not selling anything. Again, this is, this is I, I feel comfortable doing this now because this is not a pitch. There's no money being exchanged here at all. You don't need a credit card. You don't need any, any nothing, PayPal, nothing. Because Dr. Rachel Geller offers and donates her services and gifts her services to people who need it. So of course, you know, don't just randomly book an appointment with her because, you know, you're, 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 you have no issues with your cat, but you just want to have a chat. That's not, that's not appropriate. But if you're, you know, on the brink of saying, I, I, I'm, I'm losing sleep. I don't know what to do. I like the cat, but I'm just... It's so stressful, I'm going to get rid of it. Uh, before you do, that's when you go to www.drrachelcatbehavior.com. D-R-R-A-C-H-E-L-C-A-T-B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R.com. So spelled the American way, in case you're listening from the UK, where I reside. So it's drrachelcatbehavior.com. And you can book a session, a consult with her over Zoom. It's 100% free of charge, and she'll help you figure out how to you know, retain that cat to keep it in your house, turn it around and make it that lifetime companion that you've really wanted, as opposed to the cat from hell, which is, of course, what we don't want, uh, even though it's very amusing. So I think that's uh, what I would really, really greatly suggest to people at this point. 
if they are in need of that. And of course, if you are also thinking, well, how can I afford some of the suggestions made on all these things? Again, uh, Dr. Rachel Geller has started a cat, all cats, all the time, which is a nonprofit organization that helps people who are on low income and struggling financially to afford some of the paraphernalia or whatever they need or want for their cats. We're not saying we're going to get you a thousand dollar cat tree. That's not part of the deal, but you're going to get what you need in order to really help that cat to thrive. It's really important that we do that. And that, of course, uh, foundation, that that nonprofit is available through her website. So Dr. Rachel Cat Behavior. So have no worries at all about being able to afford things or anything like that. If you're on the brink, getting ready to surrender that cat, you can still do it. But before you do, have that consult with Dr. Rachel Keller because there's a yes. chance we can we can save that relationship. And yes. I think it's really, really important that we do because yes. I'm on a mission to help a million more cats get adopted. And if we can slow down the, uh, you know, abandonment of cats, <laughs> that would certainly help, you know, because yes. if, if a million cats get adopted, but, you know, a million and a half get surrendered, that's no good. No, you hit the nail on the head, Justin, and that's exactly why I do this, because shelters are already overcrowded. There are too many cats and not enough shelters. So if I can keep a cat who has a home in her home, that clears the space in the shelter for cats who really truly are homeless. So we really save two lives um, when we do it this way. And I just so appreciate you sharing my information because that like you, you know, we, we're approaching it in, in maybe a little bit in different ways, but we want the same thing. We we want cats to be happy in their homes. We don't want cats to be surrendered. We don't want cats to have um, any needless suffering. Many cat behavior problems are fixable. Like you said, people get to their wit's end. They get on that brink because, you know, maybe they've done internet, internet searches and tried things or well-meaning and well-intended friends have told them to try this or try that, but they really haven't sought out a professional probably because of the cost. So I'm here to help people completely free of charge. I never want there to be a financial barrier preventing anybody from keeping their cat. And as I said, let's keep cats who have homes in their homes, freeing up the shelters to work with the cats who, you know, really are homeless. Yeah, first and foremost, I think that's the most important thing to do. And try it. Try it. Yeah. Look, worst case scenario, you still surrender the cat. You've lost no money. And so it's not that big of a deal. And I think it's really important that we at least try. Try. Don't, don't just, agree. you know. Don't just be a loser, right? And not even try. No, and I think that's, yes. and it's and worth it. I think it's. Even if you try and you get somewhere, not a hundred percent there, you're still making it easier for the shelter to take in that cat because now, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's progressing. Maybe you've started something. Yeah. So and maybe the next owner can, can right. actually succeed where, where right. and I think that's, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. And so that's, uh, I wanted to interject that there since you kind of naturally brought it up. So it naturally fits in there. So let's go back to our season, our fall. And of course, in um, many countries, a Thanksgiving type holiday is coming up about the, you know, and in the USA, especially coming up in another couple of weeks where a lot of times there's a party or a meal or a family gathering that happens during that time. So let's talk a little bit about that because there's, of course, the people, the crowd, you know, some of the stress around that. And then there's the different kinds of foods that appear. And, and you know, 
so so some of them like like I had a dinner tonight. I had some lovely fish. I I probably should have put some aside for Emily and Charlotte, but I forgot to do that. And of course, I could have given them a little piece, but I had put pepper and salt on it. Of course, I cooked it also with some coconut oil and butter. All that's fine for the cats, but the pepper's not so good for them. Yeah. So I didn't want to take a risk of, you know, having them have a reaction to the pepper so they didn't get any of the fish tonight. But um but yeah, our holiday meals can carry some risks, can't they? Yeah, you know, Thanksgiving is a time that, you know, we have many people over. Typically, we cook a big meal, some type of a feast. So, you know, in general, I'm not so worried about the turkey if you want to give your cats a little bit of turkey. But I find it some of the side dishes that you really need to be careful with. Um, in particular, onions, garlic, that family, that that um, those um, there are chemicals in olive and garlic. Just that um, onions and garlic. Sorry about that. There are chemicals in onions and garlic that really don't agree with a cat and, and can cause vomiting and cause the cat to get very ill. And that includes leeks, by the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That whole family of um, I, I think there's a name for it, like allium or something like that. I'm, I'm probably I think so. Fun. Yeah, I know oh, there is a, yeah. there is definitely, but I yeah, there's a chemical. I think it's allium or something. Yeah, like that. that really does not agree with cats. So think about the side dishes they might tend to have. You know, onions and scallions and, and leeks and that type of thing. So you know, stay away from giving your cat any stuffing, um, gravy, anything that you think might have some type of a spice or property to it that would that would make your cat make your cat's belly unhappy because we don't we don't want that i know it's kind of fun to share the meal with your cat plain turkey is okay plain pumpkin is okay maybe a tidbit of mashed potatoes is probably okay but stay away from the onion family and anything that you know might have those types of spices in it particularly stuffing gravy things like that um now if you're someone who has a big to do at your house I really recommend putting your cat somewhere else in their own small room during that Thanksgiving feast um, for many reasons. So some cats really don't like that intermittent noise of the doorbell. Sometimes it's ringing, sometimes it's not. Some cats find intermittent noise very unsettling because they'd never know when the next noise is going to come. And you know, cats like predictability. So being in their own small room will provide them with a little more security and safety. Um, and if you have indoor cats, you don't need to worry about guests leaving the doors open, guests not closing the doors as soon as they come into the house and, and so forth. So you want to really think about food safety, but you also kind of want to think about your, your house safety. Most cats don't like to be surrounded by people that they don't know. Most cats don't like, you know, all the noise and commotion. So it'll be much less stressful for your cats to keep them in a separate small room. Maybe have a radio in there playing softly to sort of drown out the noise a little bit. Make sure they have everything they need, food, water, litter box, toys, um, scratching posts and so forth. But they'll do much better during the holiday being separate during that actual meal if, if you are the person who's hosting. Yeah, and maybe maybe sticks you know a little bowl of water in there so that if they get thirsty, maybe some nibbles, some you know a little extra food might wouldn't hurt them once in a while. Right. And so those yeah. are the kind of things. But on the subject of um, 
music. There's, it's really interesting because, of course, yeah, it's classical music. Something light, you know, is enjoyable for cats as well. But there is actually something that I found, and I don't have any kind of affiliate relationship with them or anything. So I only recommend it because I use it, I, and I don't, I, and I don't have a, a, some link to give you or anything like that. But if you search for, and I think it's available on iTunes, uh, Ambiology Pet Waves. Um, it's available for cats and dogs too, but it's available specifically for cats. Uh, and it's an interesting audio track that you can just put on repeat that is very calming and soothing for cats. It's also calming and soothing for humans. So it's good for you and the cat, but specifically for the cat and de-stressing for the cat. It's been designed by you know a team of people and scientists among them uh, and, and one famous, you know, law of attraction expert who happens to be, I think, some kind of physicist or I don't know what he is. But anyway, he's a, I'm not a follower of his, but it, he was part of designing it as well. And it's a really lovely thing. It's it's nice. I Like I said, I have it. I use it. It does work very well. And uh, it's called Ambiology Pet Waves. It's based on or inspired by the frequency of the cat's purr, which we talk about all the time as being healing for humans because it lowers cortisol levels and thus reduces stress and is very helpful for humans the purr now this is inducing that effect into the cat you know so it's a really lovely uh thing i i think to do for them is if you have you know if you can to go get ambiology pet waves it's spelled a-m-b-i-o-l-o-g-y ambiology pet waves and then they have cat and dog tracks and if you look it up and like i said i have found it on itunes but it's also available elsewhere including i believe their own their own site where you can purchase it and download it as an mp3 file and then just have it universally available wherever you want it so i think that's a great thing if you if you need me to uh send you you know specifically the details if like if you didn't catch the spelling or if you need me to do that you're always welcome of course to dm uh cat lady justin whether that's instagram twitter facebook linkedin it doesn't matter go it's I, I will be happy to answer you and get you the name and spell it for you correctly and uh, uh i can't promise i can find the link for you but i can look for it if you want me to i'm happy to do that because it's really a cool it's really a cool and helpful tool so and it goes beyond just some nice music in the background or radio in the background where it's actually a soothing calming uh audio track that you can play and especially if there's commotion and parties going on i think that could be a really really good thing it's not outlandishly expensive either uh, i don't remember what i paid for it but so it's i'm not telling you to go spend like 150 dollars on a on a you know hour-long mp3 track i'm saying it's very very affordable kind of thing and uh, I, I would just like to recommend it because, again, I, I use it, you know, and I don't make any commission off of them. I have no relationship with them whatsoever. It's just a really nice audio track that I use. It's very helpful for Emily and Charlotte. Yeah, that that's a great that's a great tip. I love that because um, yeah, sometimes, um, you know, that some, having something else going on to sort of overpower the noise that's happening on the other side of that door with all the people. Um, is really helpful. So that particular product sounds great. Yeah, and and you know, I would I would if you wanted I, I would definitely recommend trying that because, you know, like you said, you're not on commission, you're not doing this as a 
a sponsor or anything like that. It's something that you naturally found that seems to work. And I love that's what I love about doing these shows. You know, I always learn something new too. Even, you know, it's fun. Or, or some or a caller will come in and say, you know, I tried such and such. But the more options you have to try for your cat, the better, right? So um, maybe somebody will try the radio playing softly, and the cat didn't love it, and the one that you're recommending they would like. Or maybe someone tried yours and. I don't know if I really saw anything happen. Oh, but oh, but somebody else told me maybe having a TV on or a radio might be helpful. So the more options we have, because as we say a million times, you know, cats are very individual. Cats are very unique. They have their own personalities. They have the own, their own particular things that make them happy or unhappy. So, um, you know, in general, if you try one thing with your cat and it doesn't work, try something else. Because so many times, just because the cats are very particular in what they relate to and, and how their behaviors will manifest themselves based on certain things that are going on in their environment. It's very individual. Totally. And uh, and that's actually a good point that you bring up. I mean, it's one of the reasons it's so nice to have a community or many communities of cat lovers. So it's not just the kitty boss, but there's others that we embrace as well. Our friends over at Two Crazy Cat Ladies have a community. And they're, they, again, they're super informative on a daily basis about different things and issues of, around cats and questions that come up. So that's a wonderful community to be a part of. You know, the, the particular pet food I ha- I use also has a, a community that they've set up. It's not just uh, you purchase pet food, you have a community and access to some benefits and stuff. And then, of course, there's the kitty boss stuff. You know, there's there's yeah. our community where we bring in di- different and various experts in, in fields. So I think it's really great to have that because you get these diversity of viewpoints. I don't think any of us can claim to be the the the, the, the god of cats and saying that, you know, we know absolutely everything about cats. I think I I think we'd be pretentious and probably to to assume or proclaim omniscience and omnipotence over felines. So I think that it's uh, it's great that we're always all of us learning new things about cats. I do uh, and certainly I hope other people do as well because once you close that down, I think it's it's unfortunate. It's not it's not really great. Um, yeah. and if, so there's one, to- if there's one animal that there's always like one in every crowd or one animal that, you know, one species that Everybody else can have this happen except for your cat. I mean, cats are the one species I can't. There's so many times I'm doing a lecture or something and I'll be talking about something a cat will usually do. And invariably, somebody will raise up their hand and say, my cat doesn't do that. Oh, or, yeah. you know, so it's, it, it's kind of humorous. They are very, very, you know, independent in their thinking often. And so, if, you know, when you have a problem and you're trying to solve it, you know, it is good to have different options because they are so you know very unique and um independent and they react so differently to you know to different things that we may expose them to so you know i hate i feel badly sometimes people try something and it just doesn't work and i'll say all right well let's try something in another category and many times people give up or or real or start to think the problem can't be solved because the first method or the first intervention I gave didn't work. So don't give up, you know, always kind of come back to the source, try something else because cats, it's how they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, it's some of this, 
and I like dogs too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not anti-dog, but some of this is kind of uh, carried over from the the dog world as as the other big companion animal. Not as big as cats, by the way. There's a lot more cat people than dog people in the USA and France. It's just that a lot of cat people are like in the closet. They're like closet cat lovers, uh, whereas dog lovers are all over the place. So you have dog products all over the place, but you have a lot less. For cat people even though there's actually more cat owners than there are dogs but anyway but it's a carryover from the whole dog world in the sense that dogs are lovely but they are a lot more generic they are a lot more uh like do- all most dogs do this and yeah. there's a lot less exceptions to that rule so it's they, they are a lot more uh you know uh pigeonholeable and you can you can actually say you know most dogs you know will will do that most dogs will do this and by breed as well you can have a lot of traits that are super super common yes. whereas with cats uh the commonalities it within like a breed for example are very general they're very general even within a breed that is known to have certain behaviors or characteristics okay they might have higher energy levels but certainly there's going to be so much individual nuance and that's why I say it's a lot more like people. So, you know, we can have a commonality based on our culture, based on where we live or, or whatever, uh, or, or our heritage. But we're still going to be very, very individual one to the next. Yes. So I think that's uh, it's one thing I love about cats. It's, it's yeah. just much more cool, in my opinion. And some people hate that. Some people would say, of course, that's really annoying and stressful. And so I would not recommend that individual get a cat. You know, <laughs> they're not into that, but I'm into that. So yeah. that helps me. So I think in our last few minutes together, uh, because like I mentioned earlier, a lot of uh, people, organizations, um, a lot of uh, you know places like the self-help world, the personal development world have uh, appropriated the holiday and modified it to make it more about gratitude, appreciation, thankfulness and i think that's great actually look i mean if you're not into celebrating whatever uh country you're in that's cool celebrate the attitude of gratitude so i think it's a it's it's a positive thing it raises the emotions it it helps get those uh, feel-good chemicals active in the body so let's let's end off on that note of positivity of joy but specifically of what are we what do we appreciate about our cats and feel free of course to send a comment feel free if you're uh, watching this even later to just put in the comments one thing that you appreciate about your cats if you're if you're uh, listening to this or watching this on uh, whether it's on Facebook uh, YouTube on uh, Instagram when it's uploaded there or whether you're in the Facebook group go ahead and put a comment down and, and tell me one thing that you're grateful for uh, in your cat, or one thing that you are thankful to have with your cat. It could be as simple as I'm just thankful to have a cat or whatever. It really doesn't matter, just one thing or more, but it would be nice to get comments like that and, and, and start seeing what some have called a rampage of appreciation. I think that would be really, really cool. Uh, and even if, like I said, even if it's later, still, still share this because I will see it and it will bring uh, and so will a lot of other people. So uh, why don't I start with, you know, one or two things that I'm thankful and grateful and appreciative for with uh, Emily and with Charlotte's. So of course, I'm, you know, very happy and thankful to have them. Uh, I'm uh, thankful and grateful that I have the ability to support them in the way that I want to, meaning I have the means to to give them the nutrients, the, the attention, the time with them that I want to, that I desire to. So I'm very uh, grateful for that. 
I'm also grateful for the love, the attention, the adoration, the purrs, the cuddles that Emily gives me because she purrs so loudly. It's just, it feels amazing when she does that, whether it's on my lap or spooning on the side. I'm also very, very appreciative of Charlotte and how fluffy and amazing she is, but also her sassiness and her playfulness. And she really makes me laugh out loud, really, like a comedian. I think she's sometimes I joke around by saying Charlotte's like telling jokes here. So she's not using words, but she's using her actions to like tell a joke. And it's just amazing to have a cat like that. I'm, I'm so grateful also for their intelligence. They happen to be very smart cats who know how to express what they want, how to tell me what they want and show me what they want. So it's very clear and it's just it's just lovely to have that. So uh, that, that's a lot for me. I was going to say one or two things, but uh, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. But uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Rachel, how about how about you? I know you have three cats, so you feel free to take as much time as you want. But uh, let's hear from that. So. I am very grateful that I am involved in the world of rescue and um, cat welfare and cat wellness. And I say that because I have had the, and I think, lovely opportunity to bring cats into my home who, um, I, I, have the, I have the cats and always have had the cats that nobody else wanted. So I feel very grateful that I've been in the position and I have the, the education and the ability to take in cats that probably would have gotten euthanized um, because these were the cats who didn't have great lives or were abused in some form or hadn't trusted people for whatever reason who were languishing in shelters. One of the cats I have right now, um, he was thrown in a dumpster by a human. This cat did not like people very much and I'm grateful that I was able to, again to be involved in this world, take in this cat, and, and work with this cat. And now he's he's a real lap cat. One of my other cats, she was hit and abused by um, a woman who had some mental illness. When I first rescued her, I mean, basically I felt like I was taking home Cujo. She was, <laughs> she was very ornery. And now she's a lovely, affectionate, um, very very lovely affectionate cat who wanted to love she just needed to be shown how and I'm just so thankful that I'm able to do this and I feel like my life has been richly rewarded by taking in these cats who maybe other people didn't want as a pet and I get it but that I had the tools and the ability to work with them and um and basically I've I've been able to take sad cats and make them happy. And that makes me happy. Oh yeah. That makes me happy to just hear that. And, uh, and whether you're uh, spiritual or not, I mean, all those sowing those seeds of good karma or mitzvahs or whatever you want to call it, depending on your culture, it's all, it's all the same idea. You're, you're, you're actually doing so much, putting so much goodness out into, into life, uh, that, uh, only goodness will come back to you. I think at least, you know, so so I think that's really, really amazing. And it also shows, I think, that, you know, it's never really a hopeless cause with yeah. a cat. So so it's it's like, I mean, it could be the most aggressive, nasty animal, but with patience, with persistence, it can be done. Now, I admittedly will say that I, I try to, like, really hone in 
on the easy way to get a cat. So I, I don't necessarily tell someone who's very busy and, and thinks they don't have the time or money to get a cat that they should go get a rescue cat that's going to be a, an uphill battle because that's your domain and other people's domains. Our friend at the Cat Behavior Alliance can help with that as well. So there's a lot of amazing people that can help with that. I, I tend to try to show people sort of the downhill battle, the easy way to get a cat so that you you want one, but you think you can't have one because you don't have the time or money. I'm here to show you the easy way that you, yes, you can. Almost everybody can. Uh, even if you have, right. even if you like me and when I got Emily, it was an, I was in a no cat rental. Now I own my house. It's not a problem. But back then I was renting from a no pets place. Well, I negotiated with the landlady and she was more than happy to accept my terms. Now, uh, what were they specifically? We'll talk about it in a future episode, maybe, because because uh, I'm a pretty good negotiator. But I negotiated with her and got her to change, to change and and accept that I'm allowed to have a cat. Uh, and so I thought, so it's in my opinion, it really almost never is a totally hopeless cause. You absolutely can't get one. Um, I mean, so so I think that's that shows that as well. So I, I think it's really amazing. It's really a lovely, lovely thing to be able to do that for cats. And I'm, you know, of course, grateful for you being here and, and us being connected and being able to communicate like this to so many people. Um, but that's, again, my, I specifically wanted to point the gratitude to cats so that we're expressing gratitude, not for, you know, a, a fellow cat owner, but for a cat itself. The actual animal is what we're grateful for. Because sometimes we forget to do that. We say, we, we, we forget how many benefits that we get. And I think that's a great selling point to say, uh, forgetting a cat and keeping a cat is to say, you know, really take a few minutes and focus on what is it actually giving me that I'm grateful for. So not, you know, not constantly obsessing about the poop and the litter box and the this and the that and what you do for it really think about what is it doing for you and if you think about it i believe nine times out of ten it's doing quite a lot for you that brings a lot to your life and keeps you yeah. like my mom's cat for example not great animal loving affectionate friendly lovely and i like to say just the right amount of naughtiness to keep my mother <laughs> interested, to keep her having fun, and to keep her on her toes. Because if, if she was too naughty, then it would be probably a bit irritating for my mom and, and stressful for her. But it's not. It's just the right amount to keep her active. And I think that's awesome. That's awesome that 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 Ondine, this little cat's name, is able to just do that for her. And I think I'm grateful to the cat for, for that, for keeping my mom just interested and, and active and, and amused. Uh, because, you know, my mom would probably not do as well with a, a boring, you know, cat, like a rag doll, who's a love, I would love one and just this cuddle this thing. Again, very generic statement, so not all of them are like that, but in general, they can be very much like plush toys, and that's awesome. But my mom would probably get bored with that, you know? That when my mom would be like, that's not what I want. I didn't want a plush toy. I wanted a something that, like, you know, tries to break into the cupboard once in a while and, and keep me on my toes. So she's got that. She's got the perfect thing that doesn't do damage to the house, that doesn't really, doesn't cross the line, but just keeps her active, just naughty enough. So, so that's awesome. And I think, I that. yeah. and so that's that. And so I remind everyone and encourage everyone to spend a moment thinking about at least, uh, even if you're not going to comment, that's okay. Think about what it is that you appreciate about your cat. Uh, and if you don't have a cat, well, that's when, you know, we need to 
to have we a talk and <laughs> or you need to read the, the, the book once I release the Kitty Boss book so that you can, you know, learn the sort of the easy way to have one. So that I can convince you that you can actually have one if you think you can. And it's on the subject of books, Dr. Rachel Geller has a book out there. So if you're if you're interested in her book about cat behavior, uh, it's available on many places, including Amazon. Right. So. Go there and, and, and find a copy. It makes a great holiday gift. And uh, um, yes, we'll we'll talk about specifically the holidays next episode because and we'll and we'll talk about that about you know Perfect. stocking stuffers that I recommend for you know and I and then I do definitely recommend one for the cat as well. Not ignore them. I mean, and I'll share what I do, which you know you might think is a bit crazy, but I I, I have to share it right. So so uh, I'll share about whether. But next next month we'll talk about gifts and and, and all that kind of stuff for that holiday because many people have holidays in December that yes. revolve around gift giving. Uh, whereas November, I think it's it, so Gratitude. stay tuned to yeah. be continued. Uh, tune in next month where we talk about gift giving holidays and all the issues around that. And of course, our recommended gifts for your cat as well as for you. And uh, also, of course, all the dangers around our different holidays, whether you're burning candles or putting baubles in trees. There are certain dangers we really, really should be careful so, of. Yes. So that we don't fry our cat uh, during the holidays. We definitely don't want to do that. that that's, so, gonna be, that's a don't miss episode. So you guys should mark it on your calendars now because, oh my goodness, that's a, a, these are questions I get a lot. You know, candles, tinsel, food, trees, wrapping. Yes. So let's take a deep dive into that. And, you know, everybody's kind of start thinking about your holidays and how you're going to make it safe for your cat too. Yeah. So well, we're just a month away from talking about that. It'll be the second uh, uh, Friday of December where we will talk about that. And we'll probably talk about, you know, the issues that have to do with what happens a few days or a week after those holidays. Uh, because when we regroup, it will be no longer 2022 so so when we regroup it it'll be the new year so we'll talk about a little bit about that as well and uh, it'll be so much fun won't it i think always um, so thank you very much dr rachel um i will uh, let you go and close up the show thank you so thank you for tuning in this is cat lady justin signing off this is the kitty boss where we pick pamper and protect your practically perfect pussycat for a lifetime of unconditional love and it was a catching up episode with dr rachel geller every second friday of the month